I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined. As always, by my co-host, writeratmavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's Friday. Let's for go most Friday. Let's go Friday. It, uh, that's listening. It's Friday, which is an awesome day. And what a better day after a loss to take the pulse of the fan base. Ooh, I love it. I, I look forward to Friday pods now because we're doing the uh, Fan Pulse Friday. So today we're going to be looking through the... Um, We'll be, take, we'll be explaining a few more thoughts from the Lakers-Mavs game the other night. And then uh, we'll be listening to your voicemails. You, the listener, reached out with our voicemail. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail if you'd like. The number is on the Locked on Mavs Twitter. I don't know it off the top of my head right now. I know it's 469-something. Uh, so you can leave a voicemail if you'd like expressing your feelings, your emotions. Lots of people airing grievances. <laughs> one person, was one person, and I will not out them, but you might be able to hear it in their voicemail, was so mad they had to do it a second time. <laughs> um so we'll get to the voicemails, and then we're going to take the Pulse of Mavs Nation Facebook Facebook group, and we'll go through and see what the fans over there are thinking and feeling. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do today, taking the pulse of the nation, of Mavs Nation. And it is uh, it seems like it's all over the place. There are people that are upset. There's people that are um, okay. They're, they're taking the moral victory to heart. You know, there's things like that. But let's get to the game first, Isaac. How are you feeling about the Lakers game? Any more thoughts after we both went back and watched it again? Well, so in particular, I wanted to watch the fourth quarter, and yeah. we talked about it on the pod yesterday as far as when Dennis came out with 3.55 to go. I thought that was the turning point. Like that, I thought that was like the pivotal point as far as what's going to happen now. Like the bench had obviously played much, you know, played really good throughout the game, uh, better than the starters. But that 3.55 mark when, when uh, the Lakers called the timeout, and they came back out, and Berea, you know, came out instead of Dennis. It was ninety-eight to one eleven, and with three fifty-five left, that's a thirteen-point lead. And they go on to obviously, like I'm pretty sure, what in that, you know, obviously you've seen how the the last of the game come out. You know, Mavericks go on to tie the game, and um, it's just so. My thing was, I went back and watched every possession throughout the whole game of why he would go with JJ over Dennis and trust that vet over him. And this is, this is the telling stat to me. And we mentioned it as far as Dennis getting into the paint. And this is crazy. When you think of Dennis's athleticism and everything that he is 14 of JJ Brea's 15 points came in the paint, came in the paint and around the restricted circle. It's wild. Den- Dennis had five points, and only two of those was inside the restricted circle, like was in the paint, and he shot zero free throws. It's insane to think about because JJ's like Frodo. Like, JJ is like five feet tall, and he he scored 14 of his 15 points in the paint. If they're, if you're tell- if you line them up and you look at the athleticism of Dennis and how high he can jump and just everything about his game, he should be scoring like that. 
and it opens up so much because it, you know that was just that really stuck out to me of JJ Bray of all people the shortest dude on the whole court is scoring 14 points inside the paint like that's wild to me like he can make it happen he he's smart and he, He's getting past defenders. Dennis can get past defenders too. So yep. if JJ Barea can do it, this is my whole thing <laughs> coming full circle. If JJ Barea can do it, Dennis Smith Jr. can do it too. Well, we saw it at the very end. There was a play, and it was one of the last plays that Dennis Smith Jr. did before he went, you know, went out of the game. He sped right by Lonzo and he, he drove right by him, but then he drove right at JaVale McGee, too. He didn't stop or try anything else. He just kind of barreled towards him. Didn't really have a plan and just kind of failed or flailed. He failed, but he flailed to the <laughs> flailed to the basket and uh, and missed the layup. Didn't even try a pass or anything like that. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about yesterday on the podcast, and by the way, so many of you are listening to the podcast. Uh, shout out to all the new listeners. If you're a new listener, we we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, on Locked On Mavs. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. You can follow Isaac at Isaac L Harris. Hit us up on there. Uh, we usually do a pretty good job of responding. Uh, if you're nice and you don't call us names. <laughs> <laughs> um turnovers we didn't talk about, about turnovers at all yesterday because yeah. we got we a lot of times right after a game we try to just react and give our thoughts and feelings instead of you know we get those reaction pods out yeah. and we, we there's just one we're on a, a time crunch right now so we can't hit every <laughs> single stat so like it gives us we almost do two pods worth of like then we can go back and talk about some things but turnovers was killing turnovers were massive um the mavericks had 20 assists and 21 turnovers. <laughs> Goodness sakes. So you talk about assist-to-turnover ratio. The Mavericks are actually very good at that, and they're just awful at it in this game. Um, man. Uh, An opponent, like, here's, here's the thing with, like, Bobby uh, Corrala, you know, he tweeted out something today, and, you know, obviously, like, he he's crediting a lot of it to just the other team just shooting really high percentages. And that, like, there's obviously defense that goes into that. But at some point, those percentages are going to go down because they're just so crazy, like, right now. They're, the Mavericks, and here, here, here's the stat that's, like, really crazy with the opponent three-point shooting. The Mavericks are, only, are eighth in the league, okay, in opponent three-point attempts. They're only allowing right at a little over 26 threes a game. Which is not a ton, like compared to like what a lot of teams are shooting right now. That's eighth in the league. That's the eighth, like fewest in the league. But they're thirtieth in opponent <laughs> three point percentage. So it's like they're not giving up a ton, like a crazy amount of three pointers. It's just when they do shoot threes, they're going in. So yeah, I mean the Lakers only took sixteen last night, but they made ten of them, and the Mavericks took twenty four, and they only made ten. I mean that's a massive difference. They both shot fairly well from three, but. Gosh, that is. Or no, no, no. I'm only looking at the fourth quarter. Hold on. Well, I'll. I mean, I'll take a step further. Like with the with the Lakers, like the Lakers. I'm looking at their basketball reference uh, right now. They're 19th in the league in three point percentage. They are not a good three point shooting team at all. With, they have barely any. I mean, LeBron is one of their best shooters. <laughs> after the end of the first quarter, they were six for nine from three. I mean, it's like. Yeah, Rond- Rondo hits like a thirty-five footer, and you're like, that means he only Seriously? hit four more the whole rest of the game. Yeah, so like ended with ten. That it's a two-way street of that to where you have to you have to do, say the Mavericks defense is not very good right now because a lot a lot of these threes are you know, open. You can take threes. it farther. The Mavericks defense is awful right now, <laughs> but they're 
but these teams are hitting it at a crazy rate. And what I, what I meant to say while I go with Bobby's uh, stat, he tied it into Clay Thompson and how Clay shot um, this crazy percentage and points per possession stuff last year. And how if you add it up, like everybody's shots this year, like against the Mavericks, it's they're shoot, like the teams are shooting better than Clay Thompson is when he's wide open, which is just like stupid to think about. Like. Teams are just hitting threes <laughs> yeah. against the Mavericks right now at a crazy rate, and hopefully it evens out at some point. Yeah, you'd have to think like people bring up the law of averages. You know, it has to average out, it has to even out. There has to be, you know, people use that phrase a lot. But uh, you'd think that that something like this, some teams would have to cool down eventually, and it would have to readjust. And if you think about it, though, they haven't played super great three point shooting teams, though. You know, Timberwolves, the Bulls. Can you imagine when they play somebody like that? Like I mean, if they it, play if, the Warriors, the Warriors are going to shoot like 53s and <laughs> they'll break the record. <laughs> I mean, the Warriors put up 92 on Chicago the other day and a lot of people were making fun of Chicago and I'm like, oh, snap. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're 30th in the league in three-point percentage oh, and they jack them up. Um, but, any, I mean, other, I, any other thoughts from this game? I didn't think DeAndre played that well. No. And, Four uh, points, <laughs> nine boards. No, am I looking at the right stats? I feel like you're I'm looking not. at quarter stats. He had he had a double double. He had ten. <laughs> I don't know why he had ten points. Ten points and twelve boards. Uh, he was a, a minus <laughs> okay. fourteen on the game. But Javel McGee, he did um, have six turnovers though. Yeah, Javel McGee outplayed him. I mean, we're just being like real about that and like Yikes. that. Uh, Javel outplayed him in that game. And yikes. Um, DeAndre's defense in pick and rolls, um, we knew we talked about it. How like he his block numbers do not resemble a like defensive anchor heading into the season. Except he had um, five blocks in the in one of those first yeah, games. And we but were it's all crazy. After it. that was the Minnesota game where he like swatted Towns all of a sudden yeah. had five blocks. And it's like since then he hasn't like um, the, going back and watching. He doesn't even contest shots. There is a lot he doesn't. There's a lot of pick and rolls in which he just sets back on. And yeah. it's just – it's. but then again, it's one of those things, man, where it's like, is that DeAndre making that choice? Is Or is it the coaching staff saying, hey, we want you to set back and dare yeah. him to shoot those long the, twos? Or Yeah, the drop, like what you're talking about, the dropping into the, into the yeah. paint, the ice, makes me feel like that's designed. But then him not contesting a shot when, you know, the shot actually goes up, like late in the game – uh, I think it was either Dennis or Luca was uh, I think it was Luca was was switched, and uh, and DeAndre was then you know on Ingram and Ingram took a shot and DeAndre just like looked at him, <laughs> and if he would have contested it, you'd think that that would have been you know his huge arm in your face. So it would have been at least a little more difficult for him. Instead, to just stare at him and watch him shoot this shot, this wide open shot now. Oh. It's going to be interesting when they play somebody that truly plays with a, a three-point shooting big man and then four other shooters. Yeah. Because like with Towns, he if we talked about it, they put Finney Smith on Towns and they put DeAndre and Taj. Like you could hide, not really hide it, but it's like what happens. And there's not a ton of those teams in the league, but like what happens? Like let's say Porzingis is healthy. What happens if they play the Knicks and you know Porzingis is out there and like Kevin Knox is at the four? Who does he guard? Or you know, like, because, or the, or like Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, well, if like, yeah, well, yeah. Because Anthony if, Davis, like, is if Meritage is in, yeah, yeah, he's out on the perimeter and he's shooting from three and he's driving in the. I mean, he's doing crazy, you know, drives. Yeah, stuff. well, like I don't pretty like much, using AD because he's just an, and pretty much no one can guard him. Yeah, so. no one can guard him. But just like a three point shooting big that stretches it, like it's well, like Jokic. Phil- what about Jokic? Jokic or like Philly, you know, if like Embiid's hitting the yeah. three and like the four is like Sarge or something, like he's got to be able to step out on that. And if that's where it's going to be, uh, well, that's a longer conversation. But anyway, completely. So, all right, there's some of our other thoughts about the game. Um, still was exciting <laughs> to go back and watch. Oh. Like it was thrilling the last six minutes or so. I'm working on a breakdown of the last six minutes of the game. Hopefully, I will have that up by the time you're listening to this podcast. Probably not, but we'll, I'll try. Um, but yeah, just some, some great stuff. Luca's reaction to some of the end game stuff was hilarious um, and, and good to see. So we'll look at all that kind of stuff. And uh, all right, when we let's take a break. And when we come back, let's get to our voicemail bag. All right, Isaac, let's get to our voicemail bag. We've got uh, I've got six voicemails here from listeners. There was a couple more that we're not going to be able to get to today because of time. But um, here's three of three three listeners that are they're having some they're in their feelings. <laughs> They're in their feelings about the uh, about the Mavericks right now, so so let's take a look at um, our first guy. This is uh, Joseph. Joseph from the eight one seven. What up, Joe? He's upset. He's very upset. Oh, what's up, man? This is Joseph. Uh, first of all, I want to start off saying I love the podcast. It's great. It's amazing. Keep it up. But my concerns, man, Dennis isn't looking too good. Like. He's looking real – I don't know what's going on with him. It's just some games, some possessions, he just looks out of it. He just doesn't know what to do or he just dribbles around. And I don't know. It's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Dennis. But, like, yeah, it's, I thought by his second year he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't still be in that little uh, funk or whatever. I'm not saying every game's a funk, but, you know, you know what I mean. Dennis, do you think Dennis Smith Jr. is in a funk? Let's let's what Joseph said at the end there. Do you think that Dennis Smith Jr. is in a funk? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, we talked about we talked uh, about Dennis obviously at the end of that Lakers pod, and, and somebody tweeted us today, really respectful. So shout out to you. That's cool that you like we we love differing opinions. Yeah, we'll take criticism and um, in, in different opinions if you're not uh, a jerk about it. <laughs> but he was like, hey, like you you guys didn't give Dennis credit for the Jazz and Spurs game, and like yeah, we didn't mention that. Um, cause we just talked about like, yeah, he had a good game against the Timberwolves and we're like, oh, he's having kind of like a so-so season. He had like, uh, some good games of those, but like, I still say he's in a funk because like, it's like his low is like really low. And when you, yes. like today, when I watched that Lakers game and uh, like, there were like, I went back and watched every single possession. He had the ball and he did something. And it's just like, there's so many times where you're like, what are you doing? Like, he seems he seems like he's asking himself, "What am I doing?" Like as he's like running around <laughs> yeah. the court and like picks up the ball and like there's times where he's like jumping up in the air and trying to just throw it backwards, kind of near half court to like Luke or somebody. <laughs> and it's just he just doesn't seem. And I don't I don't put it all on him. Like that's the thing. Like I'm not saying it's all on him. It just this transition into not having the ball all the time. It's just different for him, not just off ball shooting. And it's not just about his like shot, not going down. He's just missing shots because he's off the ball. It's just like, what is his role? And I think he, he's just trying to figure that out now of how he fits and how he can maximize his strengths at this like different role. Because I mean, anytime we say anything negative about Luca or Dennis, people are going to come out here, but like, (laughs) 
they're the most effective, like Luca needs the ball and it's like if as their primary like playmaker and you know it's just Dennis is adjusting to not being this is the first time in his entire life probably like I don't know his like high school days in depth to where he's not the number one ball handler yeah. like and it's it's just different for him I mean he's super young he's 20 years old so it's and I we wish, don't know the behind the scenes stuff either I wish the Mavericks could um I wish they could just bring Corey Brewer in for like a, a week and just like like have Dennis follow Corey Brewer around because Corey Brewer always seems to he's like a he's sort of a player like Dennis springy athletic um athletic wise and he just always seems to be in the right spots <laughs> you know what I mean he just always seems to find like open space or I wish Dennis could just like shadow somebody like that I was just trying to think of somebody available but um yeah, man, it, it, it's. Tough. I think he he's he's just become, and we said this the other day, but he's just become more passive. Like there are shots when I said that JJ Breast that, like, yeah, it's like he doesn't trust that shot if it's not going down. It's like, oh well, that's my main thing. I need to do off the ball is hit shots, and if he's not trusting that, then he he can get into the paint almost at will. It's just then he's just not even taking the shots. Like I would live with him being three for fourteen if you know eight to nine of those shots are in the paint and he's just missing the floaters. Like at least he's taking them and they're like it's happening. Like it'd be frustrating for sure. But yeah. he still at least has to go con- towards something. Yeah, exactly. So that's the What what did you think about and we'll move on to the next voicemail, but what did you think about two times Dennis drove right into JaVale and got totally blocked in this game. I mean yeah. It it looks like just from an outsider's thing, it looks like if things ain't going his way, it kind of like reverts back to some stuff from like last year, like yeah. a rookie season thing. And that's what we brought up a lot last year is how many times he got blocked at the rim because he just thought he was just going to get the layup off and people blocked him. And yeah, it, it's just going to take time. We're not all out on Dennis. It's nope. just, he is, um, it's just a big learning curve right now for him of figuring out how to play with Luca. Yeah, it's just going to take more time than we thought. All right, let's move on to our next voicemail. This is um, from the 214. This is our friend Andrew. and uh, No, this is not Andrew. Uh-oh. The 214. This is a uh, – oh, by the way, if you're going to leave a voicemail, tell us your name because all I can see is your number. Um, so this is just an upset <laughs> Wes Matthews hater. Oh, crap. <laughs> take two. Wes Matthews shouldn't be allowed to dribble the dang ball. Every single time I watch a first-half Mavs game, it's just DSJ and Luca watching Wes create the offense, and it drives me insane. I can't stand that Carlisle allows him to dribble. Carlisle even benched DSJ through the final stretch of the Lakers game. So he's proven that if you're not playing well, he'll bench you in the fourth quarter with everybody, probably including Dirk, except Wesley Matthews. He gives Wesley Matthews more leeway than Dirk freaking Nowitzki. It is crazy. Okay. Couple Parts things. of it. Couple <laughs> things there. First, uh, Dirk has nothing to do with it. Like, uh, Dirk can do whatever he wants, okay? Uh, Dirk <laughs> he is, is in more, the. Uh, he has more free, like, leeway, as he said, than any player alive. I even, would go as LeBron. far as saying uh, Dirk has more leeway than Rick Carlisle. <laughs> so, um, um, anyway, so but so I do get I do get his point as far as West because I, I it does seem at times that he has a longer leash yes. than uh, some people, and it's like because he 
has this tenacity, this, you know, fire in him that, oh, well, it makes up for mistakes. And he's been here the longest out of a lot of guys. <laughs> he's been here for, this is his fourth year now. Uh, you know, besides Dirk, JJ, I guess Devin in and out, but he's. Salah's fourth year. Is it really Salah's fourth year? I'm pretty sure. Wow, yeah. and he can't even find minutes. <laughs> Poor Salah. Two the two different ends of the spectrum. Lakers could use him. They really, honestly, they really could. And I told that to the Locked On Lakers guy and Laker film room. I was like, "Hey, keep an eye out on Salah. He's not going to play, and he could. The Lakers yeah. could use him. Anyway, so Wes Matthews though did not. The only thing that he did, he only had that big play at the end of the game. It's these 10% plays that I keep bringing up. Is that he ha- he didn't do anything else. That whole end of the six minutes uh, you know, of the game that I've been watching. He didn't do anything else except for that foul at the very end. But the foul just looks so massive that it overshadows a lot of the good things that he does. He, what was he in this game? I remember he was 8 of 15 from the floor. 4 of 10 from 3. He had uh, an assist and a rebound. Only two turnovers. Two steals. He was plus nine. The only starter that was in, that was positive. Um, man, he's it's hard. To, it's hard to take away the entire game, you know, just by that end play. And I understand, you know, fans overreacting to that. Yeah, so. I mean, it's like when he's like in ISO, like when he when he dribbles off a screen and the lane is wide open. I'm down with him taking a few dribbles in and shooting a little floater. He's proved that like he can hit that. It's the ISO out. It's the it's a gift I sent Nick, or yeah. the play yesterday where where they just ISOed out four people on the perimeter and he just goes one on one when he's dribbling in traffic or he's dribbling in ISOs. That should yeah, I agree that shouldn't happen. Uh, are we sure this guy's not Kirk? <laughs> <laughs> I can neither <laughs> confirm nor deny if that was Kirk's serious face. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one. This is our guy Eric from the seven six five. Nick and Isaac, what's up, guys? Eric Bowen here, EB50 on the Twitter. Man, first off, Isaac, the pumpkin smashing, unbelievable. Can't believe someone actually would do that. Kids these days, right? Now, to my concerns, Wes Matthews, he's got to go. His shots are ridiculous. He doesn't play with that himself. His usage goes up when we get a generational talent in Luka Doncic. But I don't want this to be all about negativity. Luka Doncic has looked amazing. Continue to give him the ball in these clutch moments. I love it. Harrison Barnes hasn't got up to his potential yet. He's got to get back in uh, motion the way he plays the game. But, man, this match team, honestly, for being 2-6, and six, I love the way they've been competing. They've been in almost every single game. Minus Devin Booker going off in the fourth quarter to lose by 20. But I love the future. I see where this team's going, and it's going to the top, baby. Mavs fan for life. Mavs fans for life. What up, Eric? Eric Bowen's a, a, an OG. Yes. Eric's a cool dude. Um, you mentioned some, Eric, you mentioned something about Harrison. He's coming back. Yeah, he, we didn't mention really him at all in that Lakers game, and he, he had a pretty good game, like – you know he had 16 points, uh, same as West at the end of the first half, and he had some he had some big threes. He, uh, I thought he played Did really, he really well. Have 16 points in the first half. Yeah, he finished with him, 19. Him and West uh, had a big first half that kind of kept him in it. And um, oh my gosh, what did he have in the second half? But I mean, y'all know I'm a, a Barnes believer and stuff. But he he's he's huge to this team of getting back to. Yeah. 
it looks, you know, that first half looked like, oh, Harrison's like back to normal. It took him three or four games to get get back into the groove. And if that's um, kind of how he keeps it going, then that's obviously a really good sign. This Knicks game coming up is, I mean, I mean it's massive. Knicks it's and huge. Wizards. Yeah, well, I just want to take one game at a time. <laughs> I mean, but they're both, I mean, they're both winnable games right now. Yeah, just the Knicks game at home, they ju- they've lost five in a row. It's a... Like, here's the thing with the Wizards. The Wizards are, like, a train wreck right now, but they're a train wreck with, like, some big-time, like, outlaws. That's a... <laughs> like, they have some, like, big-time players. They have talent, like, to where, like, if if John Wall and Bill come out and drop, like, 25 or 30 each and you lose, like, it not really makes sense, but, like, they are, like, they're talent. They're all-star worthy talent. The Knicks, if you lose against the Knicks at home after you've lost five in a row, that's that's going to be a, a low point for the fans, and they desperately need this win. But, yeah. <laughs> the voicemail will definitely be open if that happens. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oof. Oof. It's going to overload. But thanks for calling, Eric. You're the man. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, for time reasons, we can't get to the rest of these. Let's, uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we will – We'll peruse the Mavs Nation Facebook page because there are some hilarious takes in there. And uh, we need to laugh. We need to laugh a little bit on this podcast. We've aired our feelings out, and now let's laugh a little bit, Isaac. All right, Isaac, let's start going through the Mavs Nation Facebook page. It's, this is honestly my favorite segment that we do. <laughs> Check in on Mavs we Nation. just it's- pull up the group. It's a group on Facebook. It's a public group. You can join it. It's just called Mavs Nation. It's got a picture of Dirk on it. And just scroll through, and you can find literally every single take here. Like, like people that are super excited, people are super mad, people that are uh, have crazy trades. So this first one, uh, and we don't name anybody. We're not trying to shame anybody, but uh, we we like the we like the takes. Um, If if the the Mavericks do trade for Jimmy Butler, where does he play? Um, On the wing, three is Barnes. Two is Doncic, four is Dirk, and the point is DSJ. <laughs> He's got a point. Where does he play, Isaac? <laughs> Stop it, Nick. <laughs> um, well, Where first does- off, Dirk's uh, Dirk's coming off the bench this year when he does get back. <laughs> and he's we not going to be a four either. Uh, Dirk just uh, gave an update the other day saying uh, it's still weeks at this point. He's still not running. Uh, so it's still going to be a <laughs> no, long he, time no, for Dirk. Not. Um, Luca, I wouldn't say he's a two, but you know, some people like to jump well, on that. People call back him a backcourt. It threw everybody off. Get out, get out of here. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna say Jimmy Butler. Uh, you make room for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, you if figure you out wherever it, you can play him. If you make here's, a trade for here's him. another good one. So it's a fair trade, Matthews for J.R. Smith. Oh my gosh! <laughs> stop it. Which J.R. Smith? Are you serious? No. <laughs> If you think people are mad about <laughs> about Wes Matthews, yeah, uh, J.R. Smith to take it to a different level. Can I mention the tweet that I got yesterday? Ooh, wait. That- let me let me give you this uh this one first. This is a good one. For anybody that's tired of hearing all the BS, I created a new group, Dallas Mavs Nation. <laughs> Somebody created a new group because they were tired of this one. They were tired of this one. Are we gonna have to? Uh- scroll through that one too um no i got a tweet last night after the game and it basically said uh hey uh what is our like interest in trading dsj 
for John Wall. <laughs> I'm like, man, oh, that's my some goodness. money right there. That's some money. Not taking $47 million in four years from John Wall. Why is Jason Kidd a topic on this Mavs Nation group? Why does everyone, this is a Mavs Nation post. <laughs> Why does everyone suddenly think Jason Kidd is a good coach? Who thinks um, that Jason Kidd Who's won? everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who thinks that Jason Kidd? <laughs> no I, no I don't think anyone i mean i guess i could go through all these uh all the comments on there but um <laughs> hashtag the time is now hashtag zion williamson is coming hashtag we love you west matthews <laughs> that's a reverse take that we haven't seen yet that's all one post <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> uh, here's another one are coaches tradable by the way, the answer is yes. <laughs> hey, 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 I got it. I went through a comment. This is on the comment of why is Jason Kidd uh, oh, suddenly okay, a I'm good coach? Uh, this guy comments because he developed Giannis. I think Giannis could develop like. <laughs> but kind of failed on Thon Maker. Kidd would make a very good point guard, shooting guard, developmental coach, though. We got Brad Davis. We're good. <laughs> Oh goodness, man! Gosh, this is. And you got any other ones on here besides this person saying uh, Dennis and uh, DeAndre's ruining the Mavs offense? Um, <laughs> insert uh, curse word: too much dribbling. I don't think DeAndre Jordan's dribbling too much, but anyway, this is actually a good question. Uh, well, you know where I stand on it. Would you rather have the top, have the top five protected pick or a first oh, yeah. round sweep in the eighth spot? I would take uh, the uh, sweep in the eighth spot. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this is why people are throwing around tankathon and stuff yeah. right now. Just get that out of here. That it. This is, I'm just well, telling Isaac you right now. Didn't want that last year. Now look where we, look where it got us. He but it have- it's not going to happen right now. Like it would take. It would literally take Luca and or Harrison or Dennis going down for like most of the year for that to happen. Yeah. It just I mean, it's looking like it's Dirk's last season. They're not gonna just tank it out. It's I mean yeah, I mean in with it's top five protected. If it's lottery, it's different. But top five, if you lose a ton, like you're still not guaranteed that pick and like Worst comes to worst, you tank it out and you land at like six or seven and you don't get to pick. They're not even going to take that chance. Like, I would, before they tank, I think they would make a big trade to push for the playoffs before they would tank. So. And the odds are different this year. Yeah, the odds are different with the whole like top three. Let's go over the odds real quick just because people are talking about this. Um, so, number one through three all have a. 52% chance to get in the top four. 14% chance to get the top one. So that's that. they're all the same odds right there. Um, number four, which is Houston, by the way. Fourth, fourth in the lottery right now is Houston. One of the teams you drafted in our wins pool. <laughs> that's true. Um, they uh, In fourth, they have a 48% chance in the top four and a 12.5% chance uh, to get a number one pick. And then Dallas right now is five. They have a 34.7% chance to get a top four pick and a 8% chance to get the number one pick. So there's only, I mean, a third of the chance that you'll keep your pick and 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for the top five. So there you go. All right. That's the pulse of the nation. That's how the, the nation is feeling. We'll uh, get to some more of these um, voicemails and stuff later. We actually have a, a break coming up after this weekend. There's a little gap in games. So we won't have a back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. But, uh, guys, the numbers this week were awesome. If you're joining the podcast for the first time, again, you can follow us. Nick Van Exit, Isaac L. Harris, Locked on Mavs. Um, yeah, we appreciate it, and uh, we got some good stuff coming. Friday night, just want to say the Knicks are obviously in town. We talked about being a must-win, but they're two and six. Uh, David Fisdale, obviously, uh, is their head coach this year. Um, Porzingis is, of course, out. That like most people um, know that, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that Kevin Knox is out also. So and that uh, Courtney Lee, uh, he he didn't play against the Pacers on Halloween. So um, they should be extremely shorthanded. But this is a, another sneaky matchup of Frank Nelikina versus Dennis. And that when for me, when Dennis matches up against these other point guards in his class, I like watching uh, those type of matchups because I feel like they're all compared and they'll always be compared in a lot of people's minds. So. Uh, Nilakina, Tim Hardaway has been having some good games, but this is a, um, is this the first like must win of the season? Yes. I think this is a yes. must win. They the have Mavericks to have right now. Game. If they want to try to make the playoffs, they essentially need to win at a 52 win pace over 82 games. Pretty much. Let's go. Because they need, they're pretty much going to need 47 wins to, uh, to finish. So they'd have to finish 45 and 29. If you if you're still thinking playoffs, and you're still I mean these games really do matter in the West, you know, in the Eastern Conference oh, yeah. maybe not as much, but in the West, the the more difficult it gets, the more all of these games matter. So yes, this is a must win because they go. I mean they got to win games like this. So, all right, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you maybe this weekend if they win. We'll uh, we might do a podcast. So. Peace out. Boom. Boom.